Greetings and welcome to Illum Radio, a different kind of oldies program. I'm your oldie host, John Lovering. Before I introduce the program that's featured on this track, I'm going to take this opportunity to share a little history about radio. Broadcasting on radio began in 1919, and the host's name was Dr. Frank Conrad. He spoke, and a few people listened. In reality, many people were shocked, not by their radio, although many of them were dangerous because their outside antennas were great lightning attractors, and if they were not grounded properly and a bolt of lightning hit an antenna while the person listening through their headphones, well, may, they very well may have lost his or her life. Let's hope the show was a good one, as it would likely have been the last one that listener ever heard. But I digress. The entire concept of sound coming through the air not only excited people, it frightened them. How could this be? Sound through the air with was coming into my house? But I couldn't hear it, I couldn't see it. I could I could hear it on this contraption called a radio, but how how is that happening? The occupation of mediums blossomed all over the world. Yes, if sound could come through the air and no one could see what was making that sound, then why couldn't telepathy be real? Why couldn't mediums talk to people and hear them talk back? Maybe even talk to people who had passed away and were giving out energy. Radio broadcasts, at least in the very early days, did a lot for the people who claimed to be clairvoyant. Now, the radio was the beginning of the most important change in communications since the invention of the printing press, and Dr. Conrad was one of the first and certainly the most successful pioneers who exposed people to the miracle of radio, which carried sound through what was then known as the ether, an unseen component in the atmosphere. Dr. Conrad had something missing, however, and that was the ingredient called an audience. Only early ham radio operators had radios, and most of them communicated by Morse code. Well, the Westinghouse Corporation came to the rescue of Dr. Conrad. They took the station over in time for the 1920 Warren G. Harding election broadcast, and Pittsburgh's station KDKA was on the air. Initially, all radio stations were required to transmit on the same frequency or channel. Let me say that again. All radio stations were required to transmit on the same frequency or channel. You can only imagine what a mess that must have been. Well, it took three years until 1923 for the U.S. government to try to get some sort of common-sense control of this new source of communication called radio or wireless. They actually began assigning different frequencies or channels on which the stations could broadcast. There was, however, one very big problem that remained. And in the next history of radio podcasts, I will tell you about that. The entertaining program you're going to hear on this particular track is from a program entitled Mystery is My Hobby. It featured actor Glenn Langan as Barton Drake, a wealthy mystery writer who worked for the police. The episodes were presented as cases from the book 
Mystery is My Hobby. The show was first broadcast on the Mutual Radio Network in 1949 and ran in syndication until 1951. Inspector Barton was played by Ken Christie and, at times, Norman Field. Charles Lung had the role of Blake's houseboy, Mike. Bruce Buell was the announcer, and Len Salvo provided the music. Director was Dave Titus, and Raymond Morgan was the producer. Now, in 1950, a TV version of this same program, but they entitled it Mystery Is My Business, also featured Glenn Langan as Barton Drake. The episode on this track is entitled Wife Poisoned. Thank you for listening to Alum Radio, a different kind of oldies program. Mystery is my hobby. A Mrs. Sally Anders had been found dead in the kitchen of her home in the town of Walkerville. An autopsy revealed that she died of poisoning. Fred Anders, her husband, accused of murdering his wife, had escaped capture. For the past ten days had been a fugitive from justice. On the evening of the tenth day, I had an unexpected caller. My... Yes? Are you Barton Drake? Yes, I'm Drake. Will you come in? Yeah. You alone here? Yes, I'm alone. Sit over there, please. I'll talk from here. As you like. Well? Well, what? He said that you talk from here. What would you like to talk about? I guess you don't know who I am. Oh, yes, I'm quite aware of who you are. You're Fred Anders, wanted for the murder of your wife, Sally Anders. You're a cool one, Drake. I heard you were pretty clever. I give Fred Anders. What are you going to do about it? Nothing at all. As long as you keep your hand in the pocket of your jacket. <laughs> That's smart. I've got a gun in this pocket, Drake. I haven't the slightest doubt of it, Mr. Anders. Uh, I guess I will sit down. Fine. There's a comfortable chair. I'll sit over here where you can keep your eye on me. Yes. It's a good idea. Maybe you're wondering why I dropped in on you like this, huh? I suspect that your purpose is to tell me you didn't murder your wife. Yeah? How'd you figure that out? Didn't take a great deal of figuring, Anders. Obviously, there'd be no other reason why you'd pay me a call. Oh, that's what I call being real smart. Thank you again. Now, Drake, listen to me. I didn't do it. So help me, I didn't. The police seem to think all oh, the police, those dumb, flat-footed cops. Come, come, Mr. Anders. The police aren't always wrong. All the evidence pointed to your... What case. evidence? The fact that Sally and I had quarreled? The fact that I had threatened to kill her? Does that prove a man guilty of murder? The fact that you ran away and have been in hiding ever since your wife's death doesn't help your case any, Mr. Anders. It doesn't prove me guilty either. I'm not a fool. What would you have done? Never having killed anyone, I don't know. And I haven't killed anyone either. Thank you. You've got to help me. Oh? Now, Drake, listen to me. You don't know what it's like to be hunted and hounded, to be afraid of your own shadow, to jump every time a car backfires. No, I'm afraid I don't. I haven't slept for days, Drake. I haven't eaten. I, I can't stand it much longer. I think I'm going crazy. I think I can appreciate how you must feel. Help me, Drake. You have a reputation for shooting square. 
I've got money, I'll pay you. That's hardly an inducement, Mr. Anders. If you're guilty, it would be impossible for me to prove you innocent. But I'm not guilty, I tell you. Would I take a chance in coming here if I were? Would I be willing to risk everything on the one hope that you'd give me a break? No, Mr. Anders, I don't think you would. Well, then... And you believe me, huh? For the moment, I'll withhold my opinion. And I'll give you a chance to prove your faith in me. I'll do anything. Believe me, I will. Then give yourself up to the police. Give myself up? Yes. If you know that you're innocent and you believe I can help you, there should be no objection. So that's your game. I haven't any game, Manders. You're a fugitive from the police. Why, you dirty double-crossing rat. So you want me to give myself up? You want to get credit for capturing Fred Anders by talking him into it? So that's the kind of a guy you are. Those are my terms, Anders. Take them or leave them. Take them or leave them, huh? I'll show you what I'll do to him. Down that gun, Anders. A second murder isn't going to help you. There hasn't been a first yet. Now, uh, look, Bart, let me get this straight. This guy, Anders, came up to your apartment and tried to get you to investigate the murder of his wife. Yes, that's right, Inspector. You refused, and he took a swipe at you with his gun. Yes, and naturally, I grappled with him, and the gun went off. The bullet missed, but he knocked you out by hitting you with the gun barrel. That's right. He knocked me out, all right. Hmm. Hmm. What, Inspector? I smell something. Oh, you know what you should have done the minute you came to your senses? No, no, I don't. What? You should have called the police and reported what had happened. After all, Anders is a fugitive from... But just... I did call the police and reported what happened, Inspector. Huh? What do you mean? You said yourself that you called me the minute you woke I up. I did, Inspector. You're a policeman, aren't you? Huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I am at that. Yeah, but look... Oh, now. come, come, Inspector. You'd like credit for capturing the murderer of Sally Anders, wouldn't you? Sure. You mean you know where Fred Anders is hiding? I'm not interested in where Fred Anders is hiding, Inspector. I'm only interested in apprehending the murderer of his wife. That's where we're going now. Oh, my gosh. Do you mean that Anders talked you into believing he was innocent? No, on the contrary, Inspector. I talked him into talking me into it. What kind of double talk is that? <laughs> Fred Anders, Inspector, had a chance to kill me. He didn't, even though I made him mad enough to want to. So that proves he didn't murder his wife, eh? Well, we were struggling for the gun. I warned Anders that a second murder wouldn't help him any. Mighty decent of you. Anders replied that there hadn't been a first yet. <laughs> you fellas didn't discuss the weather, too, did you? So you see, Inspector, I did my duty as a citizen by trying to capture a fugitive... And I discovered that the fugitive was innocent of the crime as charged. Now, that makes sense. That does. Look. And now I've eased my conscience by reporting the incident to the police, and everything's fine. I knew I smelled something. Somehow or other, I always turn out to be the fall guy in these deals. <laughs> no such thing, Inspector. When we return from Walkerville, you're going to be a hero who captured the murderer of Sally Anders. What are we stopping here for? This isn't where Fred Anders lived. I saw pictures of the place. No, this is the home of Miss Emma Bemis, Inspector. Oh, the babe who discovered the body, eh? Yes, that's right. I see she's working in that garden patch over there. Come on, let's go find out. 
Well, she sees us coming. Say, she's as good-looking as her picture. Yes, I see she is. Good morning. Are you Miss Emma Bemis? Yes, we are strangers in Walkerville, Miss Bemis. I'm Barton Drake. This is Inspector Noah Denton. Hi. Barton Drake? What a wonderful name. Well, what's the matter with Danton? That name's been in our family for years. Well, you're stepping right in my petunia bed. Oh, you big Now, don't feet. get excited. I'm not stepping on your doggone petunias. Those big feet. Now I'll have to plant the whole plot over again. Well, for God's sake, how did I know? Stand over there, Inspector. You'll be all right. I'm all right, anyhow. Of course you are. Miss Bemis, would you mind... Yes? Barton? You don't care if I call you Barton, do you? Not at all. Emma? Here we go again. It's such a lovely name. Uh, yes. <clears throat> Miss, uh, uh... Emma, Inspector Danton and I are investigating the murder of Sally Anders. Sally? Yes. It was you who discovered the body, wasn't it? Sure. I mean, yes. Say, wait a minute. Are you two gentlemen officers? Well, yes. In a manner of speaking, we are. And you cut out a wild goose chase. It was Fred, Sally's husband, who murdered her. Who says so? Ebenezer Pringle says so. He's our chief of police. I see. I guess I ought to know since it was I who discovered the body. Well, uh, look, lady. Just because you discovered the I body... I was the most important witness at the coroner's inquest. Yeah, but... My picture uh... was in every newspaper in the country. So What? My picture's been in the newspapers, too. But they only... called me the beautiful Miss Bemis, who lived next door. I was known as Dandy Danton, the Beau Brummel of Delancey Street. Inspector. Huh? Emma, would you mind telling us the uh, exact circumstances under which you discovered Sally Anders' body? Circumstances? Yes. There weren't any circumstances. I just went over there and found it. Oh. Well, uh, what was your reason for calling on the Anders that morning? Reason? reason. I just decided to call on them the way neighbors do. That's no answer. Well, it should be. Sally and I had a cup of coffee together most every morning of the week. Oh, poor Sally. Why, poor Sally. Why, poor Sally? Yeah. Well, how would you like it if your husband was always threatening to murder you? I haven't got a husband. Oh, dear Inspector. Emma, are we to understand that you knocked on the Anders' door? When no one answered it, you opened the door, walked in, and found Mrs. Anders lying on the floor. Oh, no. No, it wasn't like that at all. Oh? The door was locked. That's what made me suspicious. Well, I see. No one ever locks their doors in Walkerville. Naturally, I knew something was wrong. Naturally. And what did you do? Do I have to tell, Barton? I'd appreciate it if you would, Emma. Would you, Barton? Pardon me, if I'm in the way. Now, just keep your big feet out of the petunias, Inspector, and everything's going to be all right. Oh, is that so? Now, as you were saying, Emma, what did you do when you found the door locked? I looked through the keyhole. Well, you little rascal. And you saw Sally Anders' body lying on the floor? Yes. It was right there in front of the door. Oh. Then what did you do? I screamed, naturally. I'll bet. And I suppose uh, somebody heard you screaming and summoned Chief Pringle? That's exactly what happened. My, you're clever, Barton. Yeah, clever. (laughs) Emma, let me tell you about the time... All right, Inspector. Huh? Emma, 
Thank you very much for answering all our questions. You've helped us immeasurably. Oh. Now, come on, Dandy Danton. Get your big feet out of the petunia bed. We've got work to do. Now, uh, look, Bart. Mm-hmm. We can't just go in and bust into the Anders' home without a warrant. No one's living in the place, and it's better. Uh, yeah? What's the matter? There is someone living in the Randy's home. I just saw a movement behind those curtains. Huh? Where? I didn't see anything. You didn't? No. That was mistaken. Mistaken, you? <laughs> now, wait a minute, Bart. You're not admitting a mistake, yes, are you? I'm sure I was mistaken. You know, my imagination's been playing tricks on me lately. Imagination, eh? Now, that's something I never expected to Come along, Inspector. Let's, uh... Check and make sure, shall we? Yeah, yeah, that's one way of finding out. Hey, where are you going? Not the back door. The back door? But look, the front door's right here, and it's only polite... I think we'd better try the back door first, Inspector. Oh, all right. Have it your way. Hey, place is kind of run down looking, isn't it? Yes. It hasn't been occupied since the day of the inquest. I don't know. Well, it looks as though you did make a mistake after all. Mm. However, let's try the door and just make sure. Huh, it's open. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything, though. Emma the Beauty just told us that no one in Walkerville ever locked their doors. Miss Bemis also pointed out that Sally Anders did lock her door on the day she was murdered. Come on, Inspector, let's look around. Uh. Deserted houses always give me the creeps. What do they keep the shades pulled down for? What do you want me to shush for? There's no one here. You said yourself that you... Well, you thought what? I... 
glad to know you, Mr. Drake. Now that the formal introductions are over, I'd like to know which one of us is nuts. I heard a shot. I heard two shots. A minute, Inspector. Huh? Miss Anders, you can only have one purpose in being in this house. You believe your brother is innocent. Oh, I do. I know he didn't kill Sally. And you hope that if you spend some time here, you'll find something that will substantiate your belief? Yes, there must be something. There must be. Yes, there is, Miss Anders. That's a good deal. It just occurred to me what it is. Inspector, I want you to pay Chief Ebenezer Pringle a visit. Ask him to let us have a copy of the report on the autopsy that was performed on Sally Anders. But wait a minute, Bart. There was a shot. Two shots. A scream. I heard him. You heard him, too. Are you going to search the barn, Mr. Drake? Would you rather I didn't, Miss Anders? Well, I don't think there could possibly be anything in there. All right, Miss Anders. I think we can skip the barn for the time being and take a look in this lean-to. But there's nothing in there except odds and ends of farming equipment. And trash barrels, Miss Anders. Trash barrels? Yes. Uh Uh-oh. What in the world are you removing that for? Because I think it will help in proving who murdered your brother's wife, Miss Anders. By the way, was it raining on the day Sally Anders was found murdered? Raining? Yes. Why, I don't know. Wait a minute. No, it wasn't. We had a hard rain the day before. The day before? Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Why? I chose Miss Anders left fine. Come along with me. Inspector Denton will be back in a moment and we'll... Oh, here comes Emma Bemis, the busybody. I was hoping she wouldn't discover that I was staying here. I know what you mean. Miss Bemis seems to be carrying something. The pie... She's forever baking them. It gives her an excuse to call on the neighbors. Oh, hey, Mm-hmm. I thought you'd like... Oh. Carl Anders. Well, well, I would have thought you'd have the nerve to come back here. And why shouldn't I have the nerve to come back, Emma? Why, she asked. Well, if my brother had murdered his wife... Fred didn't murder Sally. He didn't, I tell you. And don't you dare say he did. Oh, I like that. Telling me he didn't do it when I found the body. When I was chief witness at the coroner's inquest. Well, your picture was in every newspaper in the country. Have you told Mr. Drake that that picture was taken five years ago? Why, you... I suppose at this point it would be appropriate for me to make a noise like a cat. Meow. Now, suppose we go in the house and try one of Miss Bemis' pies. I'm sure it will taste better than... I'd rather eat poison. I can understand that. You and your brother should know all about poison, Carol Anders. Don't forget it was poison that killed Sally. You're so right. And here comes Inspector Danton with the proof. Hello, Inspector. Did you get the autopsy report? Yeah, I got it. That Ebenezer guy was kind of tough. Well, well, if it isn't Emma the beauty. Don't get fresh, Sandy Danton. What did the autopsy report reveal, Inspector Danton? Just what the newspaper said, lady. Sally Anders died of HCN poisoning. HCN? Are you sure, Inspector? Sure, I'm sure. Here it is. Right here. Death due to a dose of HCN poisoning. Traces of a mild sedative also found. Joe, that's the answer. Answer to what? To the identity of the real murderer, Inspector. Miss Anders, may I have your handbag, please? My handbag? Whatever in the world. If you don't you mind. Want. No, give that back. Inspector? Yeah, I got it. Take it easy, <laughs> lady. Oh, I knew you had something to do with this, Carol Anders. This is a thought. Miss Anders, have you a permit to carry this gun in your handbag? Isn't any of your business whether I have or not. So I wasn't nuts. I did hear some shots. And it was this babe who fired That's right, Inspector, it was. She fired them to attract our attention so we'd rush upstairs. Why? What did she want us to rush upstairs for? Tell the Inspector, Miss Andrews. You're so clever. 
You tell him, Mr. Criminologist. I'll be glad to, Miss Anders. There was someone else in the house with you, someone you didn't want us to see. Someone else? Then it must Miss have Miss shot her gun and screamed so that we'd rush upstairs and give that other person a chance to escape. Fine thing. So we let the murderer run out from under our noses, eh? You're so clever, Mr. Trey. I'm the contrary, Inspector. The other occupant of the house didn't escape. Miss Anders made that obvious when she asked me not to search the barn. I didn't know such things. And so, Inspector, I think it would be a good idea if you stepped over to the barn and placed Mr. Fred Anders under arrest. Okay, Anders, inside. Shoving me, Dad. Well, Drake, this makes your double cross a hundred percent, doesn't it? Sit down, Anders. Miss Bemis was just about to cut one of her famous pies. Not for him, I wasn't. Oh, Fred, I'm sorry. Never mind, her. It was no fault of yours. Well, Drake, go ahead and make a hero out of yourself by sending an innocent man to the chair. I don't intend to send an innocent man to the chair, Anders. In fact, I don't intend to send a man to the chair at all. What do you mean by that? I mean, Miss Anders, it wasn't a man who murdered Sally Anders. It was a woman. Then it must have been Carol. She was the only woman mixed up in the ugly business. Wait a minute, Emma, my beauty. You were around, and you're a woman, or you've been overacting. The idea. That's right, Inspector. Emma was around. It was she who administered the poison. See? How dare you say such a thing? Oh, Bart's a great hand at saying daring things, eh, Bart? Sit still, Petunia. I mean, Emma. Anders, before you left the house on the morning of your wife's murder, did you quarrel with her? Well, well, sure, just... I'm not denying that. What are you quarreling about? Why, uh, what difference does it make? A lot. You'd been having a romance with Emma Bemis, hadn't you? Uh, well, I... Hadn't you? Well, not really. Emma and I were just... just friendly. Sally was always nagging, and Emma and I... Fred, Fred Anders, how dare you imply oh, that? stop asking people how they dare things. Keep quiet, You quarreled you? with your wife that morning, Anders, and left in a rage. Emma was outside, listening. After a while, she came in and pretended to comfort Mrs. Anders. The two women sat down over a cup of coffee to talk the thing out. Well, of all the outlandish notions... Emma had some HCN poisoning in a vial. Now, HCN is such a bad odor and taste that only a few drops would make any amount of food unpalatable. Well, there... How could I have forced Sally to take any? By first dropping a mild sedative into her coffee, Emma, which made her drowsy. Then, pretending to revive her, you forced more coffee between her lips, coffee that contained HCM poisoning. It's a lie. It's a black lie. Then you took your own cup out to the trash barrel and disposed of it. So it would appear that Sally Anders had been drinking coffee alone. Oh, he didn't. You can't prove it. I you think can. I can prove it, Miss Bemis. It had rained the day before. On the morning of Sally Anders' murder... You worked for a while in your petunia bed. Some of the soil clung to your shoes. You left tracks near the trice barrel. Jump in, Judas. I got some of that petunia bed soil on my shoes. You are right, Inspector. You have, and we can analyze the contents and prove the... All right, I did it. I said he wouldn't marry me because of Sally, even though he hated her. So I studied up on poison. It seemed easy. I didn't think they'd blame Fred. If Drake hadn't known about HCM... Well, Bart, here we are back at the Lamplighters Club. Mm -hmm. How about a game of chess? Mm, no, Inspector. No? What do you mean, no? We always play a game before... Oh, Mr. Gates. Oh, thank you, Jimmy. Hello. Yes, this is Barton Drake. Oh, hello, Miss Sanders. Uh-oh. -uh. What? 
<laughs> You've been wondering what aroused my suspicions when Emma told me she peered through the keyhole and saw Sally. Yeah, I'd like to know about that, too. Well, <laughs> it was obvious she was lying, Miss Anders. Did you ever try to peer through the keyhole of a Yale lock? Well, I'll be... Uh... What's that? Well, that sounds very nice. Uh, 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 uh. I certainly will. You won't. Now, wait a minute, Bart. Don't forget... Be quiet, Inspector. Yeah, but look, I'm only trying to say... Well, thank you, Miss Anders. I know I'll enjoy it. No, you won't. It'll be a bust. Oh, what a pity. He's gone. No, I can't do that. Uh, you see, mystery is my hobby. Well, I hear by the heirloom radio, old cuckoo clock, that is now time to go. That clock has been in my family for many generations, having been imported from Switzerland in the late 1700s. Yes, it has been passed down many times and continues to tick, tick, tick and cuckoo. Yes, it does cuckoo. In fact, it cuckoos a lot in the morning, at lunchtime, at night, every hour, on the hour, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And I have had just about enough of it. Now that is better. Now it's time to go. Thank you for listening to Alum Radio, a different kind of oldies program. And now, Cuckoo Clockless. (laughs) 